at last. It's been so long. I know. I know. We miss you every day. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's hot, hot. tired, sweaty, mad, angry. Remember when I said I was good? <laughs> I got you on the angry, hot, mm-hmm, sweaty, because mm-hmm. that's, that's the realness. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round of Heaven and Tracy. Yay, yay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's us again. <laughs> Who knew? So, so for our first ever live show, like the first live show that we ever did, um, we had the honor and the privilege of having Miss Roxanne Gay on as our guest. Um, her new book, Hunger, just came out, and we are both obsessed and having trouble reading it in public because it's tough. I know. I was <laughs> crying on the subway on the way here. It's but so good, though. You got to do so that good. anyway, though, right? Yes. That's <laughs> how you read. <laughs> but we have Miss Roxanne Gay on the line with us right now just to catch up and also to say congratulations on the book. Happy book day. Happy book day. Thank you, guys. It's so great to talk to you again. Oh, you too. today. Yay. <laughs> I only, I only want to speak with black women today. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Where can I get that tattooed on my body <laughs> so that people could see it? <laughs> <laughs> so the last time you were on the show, you already had the book planned. You were telling us about Hunger. You had a title already. Mm-hmm. Did you have mm-hmm. a cover? Oh, no. The cover came, I think, about six months after that because the book was actually supposed to come out last year. you didn't mention june 2016 we didn't want to say anything you know (laughs) take your time girl take your time now that the book is out i am more than comfortable admitting i took an extra year to write that shit i mean it's a hard read it's a great beautiful read of course but i mean like i can't Mm -hmm. imagine like what writing it is like so i'm like of course it took an extra year i still would have been writing the book honestly it was really difficult i actually procrastinated and really didn't start seriously writing it until august of last year because I was just so scared of the subject matter and scared of making myself that vulnerable Mm -hmm. that I just kept thinking, okay, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I finally got to the point where I was like, either I'm going to write the book or cancel it. Mm. And then I thought, oh, I'm not paying that money back. (laughs) (laughs) Those advance checks are real. (laughs) I can see how that would be a motivator. Um, Yeah, You know, it was the ultimate motivator. (laughs) One of the things that I really, really am struck by about the book in its format, I really love the short little vignettes that you have. I don't know if vignette is like the right word, but like sometimes you'll have a section, a numbered section, and it's maybe like three sentences long. Mm. Or like yes. you paint a very, very quick picture and then it's onto another mm-hmm. another section or segment. Talk to me about the stylistic decision to do it that way. You know, a lot of the book is challenging and difficult. And so... You know, sometimes you want to break that up the Mm. same way you would break up a rich meal. And also, you know, I didn't want to be constrained by like what we expect from a traditional chapter. And before I started planning this book, I had just read Argonauts by Maggie Nelson. Mm. And it's a lot of very short staccato chapters that woven together tell this really nuanced and complex story. And that really inspired me in writing this book. And you know, allowing myself to, to believe that I could write in a bunch of small chapters mm. if needed and that it would be okay and I would say what needed to be said. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what informed the structure. Was writing this therapeutic for you? Um, that's not why I intended to write it. Because mm. um, I really just, you know, it was not a book I wanted to write. And so I knew that's the book I had to write. And then as I wrote it, I actually found myself taking a long, hard look and an honest look at myself and 
some of the behaviors that have kept me where I am. Now, I understand why I gained the weight and I have actually been able to develop some empathy for myself because I just did the best that I could. Mm -hmm. But then I look at some of the habits that have developed well after that and um, just my relationship to food now. And it was a little therapeutic. It was, it was useful to just really have a frank conversation with myself. Mm. And you said that that wasn't the initial intention. What was the initial intention? Mm-mm. Like, why is this a story that you feel you had to tell? Because all too often when we talk about fatness, we talk about relatively small fatness. And also we talk about fatness in the context of weight loss. Mm. And it's someone who's at the end of a journey and they have, you know, reached some very invaluable conclusions about what it means to lose weight and so on. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to detract from those books and those journeys, but that isn't where I'm at yet. And I don't know if I'll ever get there. And uh, nobody ever admits that. Like, I don't know that I'll ever have, Right. I don't know that I'll ever, you know, figure everything out. Um, so uh, I just wanted to write, you know, like what it's about to be in the middle of your relationship with your body. Mm. I feel like you're so generous with what you share with us. And I mean, just me personally, I find it hard to talk about my body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it comes up in some ways or like fans will engage you in a way that like feels like they have access to the right to ask you any types of mm-hmm. questions. The and familiarity. I'm familiarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the familiarity. Yes. I feel like you navigate that so well or... I'm always admir- I like, I admire from afar how you engage people Listen, on Twitter. Watching the clapbacks <laughs> is one yes. of my favorite parts of Twitter. But yeah, you're I so mean, generous. You and how do you to. how do you like know what to keep for yourself, and yeah. how do you know when to just I, disengage? That's a really good question. I have really firm boundaries. People are often like, "You're an open book," and I'm like, "Girl, no, I'm not. You are looking at three <laughs> chapters. You are looking at three you are reading chapters a literal of- book I wrote for you. <laughs> These yes. are the cliff notes. Okay? There are actually there are 33 chapters in this book, and you get three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people do act overly familiar, and I I, I try to gently correct them because like, I understand where that comes from. I do, and I don't want to be hurtful, but at the same time, I do want to protect myself and my life and my loved ones and mm-hmm. say, you don't know me. You yeah, know what I allow so, you to know about me. Mm-hmm. Do you ever want to not be so nice and kind and generous and gentle and just be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Leave me alone for oh, the rest of your life. Regularly. Come on. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> so um, in your last interview with us, which our listeners are going to hear in just a few minutes, you were in the process of writing Hunger, mm-hmm. and uh, you ask what it means to move through the world when your body doesn't fit anywhere. And along with that, there's like this yeah. emotional labor of having to teach people, and this sort of goes along with the Twitter conversation we were mm-hmm. just having, right? Like having to teach people how to um, treat you, basically. Right. You know, just like when you're not mm-hmm. in a body that has been deemed deviant or difficult or unruly, a lot of times we don't think about things like that. And whenever mm-hmm. you've got people who mm-hmm. don't think about a specific sort of like life or reality, then you become the one who has to teach them that. What do you do when you get tired of doing that? I stop. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I just take some time for myself. Mm-hmm. I just recognize that it's not my responsibility to teach everyone everything mm-hmm. um, and that I don't always have to be the teacher. In fact, I never have to be the teacher. I never have to provide that level of emotional labor. Mm-hmm. And it's, sometimes it's difficult to remember that, but I don't have to take on everything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just me. Is and that- I, you know, I never, I never imagined I would be in this position. It's not why I ever set out to write. And mm-hmm. so uh, I don't want to disrespect 
the position I'm in because I recognize that it's part of what got me here. But I also want to remind people this is not my day job. Yeah, because I feel like that's something that I've had to like learn. Like I don't have to teach people everything. Is that something that you mm-hmm. learned or like from the start you were just like, you know what, this is not, I'm not getting paid for this, so I don't have to do this. Like where did you learn that you could even oh, do that? I've been learning. I mean, I'm, it's I'm a work in progress and it's definitely something I've taken on um, as an educational experience in the past four or five years mm. as I've re- noticed what that demand for emotional labor is and mm-hmm. what it looks like. Um I have recognized, you know what, I don't have to do this. And when I see other, especially women of color and black women in particular, mm. constantly providing this free labor, I just do my best to remind them, girl, you can take the day off. Yes. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Another great tattoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I only want to speak to black women. And girl, you can take the day off. Girl, you better set up a t-shirt shop or something. Listen, I'm about to sell all of your ideas. <laughs> uh, so with this book, I mean... Chances are you're only going to get famouser and famouser from here out. Exactly. Famouser. Famouser. <laughs> um, and the idea of fame just scares the shit out of me, I have to say. It's not something that I've ever wanted. How do you brace yourself for being even, I guess, more in the public eye than you already are? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question that I'm trying to figure out uh, because, mm. you know, I'm a writer. And the reason I'm a writer and not an actor is because I don't want to be in the public eye. Mm. Um and so I'm just going to try and take it one day at a time and to always remember that there's always someone watching mm-hmm. and um, to remember my boundaries, which I'm in my older age getting very good about respecting for Ooh, myself. Listen, shout out to boundaries. Shout out to mm-hmm. boundaries. <laughs> Look, years of therapy. I'll tell you what, that shit pays off. And shout out to therapy. Yes. Boundaries and therapy. <laughs> I'll take two of mm-hmm. each. Um, so how... How are you celebrating your your baby's birth, your book launch? I working. Oh no! <laughs> I have chance Classic. To <laughs> I'll celebrate when I go home, but um, I get to hang out with my parents, which is fine. I brought my parents and my niece to celebrate, and so um, they're here, and that's fine. Aww, exciting. Awesome. Um, yes. So um, another thing that we love about you is how much you love pop culture. And yes. um, we need to get your take on some things. Stuff and things are Stuff happening. And things. Um, first up, Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to win? Who's your uh, pick? You know, I haven't yet decided who I want to pick because I haven't seen last <laughs> night's episode so tortured. Yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I knew I had my pick like the first episode. I was like, all right, Kenny. It's Kenny. Kenny's oh, the okay. rest yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked Kenny. I've seen two episodes and I'm in, y'all. Yeah, I right? definitely will be following. I forgot how fun the show oh, yeah. is. Um, I think I I'm like Kenny because he's, he's an adult. He's like, what, 35? He's like, I got a kid. I ain't got time for y'all. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I like Kenny. I like Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that he's making enough forward moves. Mm, okay. um, I think he's too busy being daddy and not enough time being daddy. Ooh. <laughs> Wow, I need this on a t-shirt as well. <laughs> you need to stop spending all this time. Oh, actually, that's a pretty good thing. <laughs> you know what? So I'll allow we'll it. See, but, um, hmm. Man, I'm, I got I'm gonna after it. ask me again next week, and okay. I'll have an opinion. All right, <laughs> Amber Rosebush, are you have you been following that whole thing? 
Oh, girl. <laughs> you know, I, I actually enjoy what she does. Mm-hmm. And I think she's a gorgeous woman. The way that I interpreted it was like, you know, being accepting of your body enough to like mm-hmm. love it and share it and not hide it is the feminist thing. If that's what she meant, do you agree with that? You know, like I, like I said, I really do support her project yeah. and like what I think she's doing. And so it's not my job to grade her feminism. But mm. when I saw that, I was like, mm. mm-hmm. I just wanted to sit down and have a chat with her and just like unpack it a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I would pay money. That, all that said, the response has been batshit mm. and so out of pocket. What so have you seen cool. from the responses? Like, I've just seen a bunch of men like saying, you know, that's why you're not wifed up and stuff like that. And I'm like, please, y'all oh would be gosh. so lucky. And then, of course, people criticizing the fact that she actually has pubic hair. Really? <laughs> How dare she? Guess what? Everyone does. Mm. Um, That's where you came from. Women... <laughs> what? Yeah, right? You came out of it. And then women shaming her. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. And it's like, let her be Amber. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. Mean, she's provocative. And she's interesting. And she's intelligent. Let her be Amber. Yes. Mm. Let her cook. Um, who is yes. your... <laughs> Who's your current celebrity crush? Oh, Beyonce. Ooh, yes. that's a quick answer. Always, always. Oh yes, evergreen. Always, crush. <laughs> she holds a place in my soul. But I'm also into the rock right now. Oh mm. uh, my gosh, Those shoulders. He stresses me out. I can't uh-huh. think about him. I know. Also, knowing somebody uh. that he is personally DM'd. Just, I know it's not about me, but I feel attacked. <laughs> you know, just what about me? Yeah, what about me? Uh, I mean, he he makes me want him to help me relieve stress. Hey, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> you just you just scandalized heaven. <laughs> uh, speaking of heaven, heaven needs a good summer movie to watch. Yeah, Do you I have feel like any? I don't watch any summer movies. Any Rex? And I have none because I haven't seen a movie since like the. Uh, 80s. A good summer movie to watch: Fast and Furious Eight. Ooh. Oh, you know, I still have not seen a single Fast and Furious. I have not dipped my Fast and Furious toe. Oh, okay, you haven't I'm going to need. <laughs> no. I'm going to need you to fix your life. Yes. Fix your life immediately. You try to give us this gospel before you yeah. write. Oh, my God. Movie night. Tomorrow. Ooh. What are y'all doing? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, is there some pop culture stuff that you're really, really into that we haven't asked about yet? Stuff you just want to just want to preach about? Opana? Uh, Samantha Irby's new book, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. Ooh. It's just so awesome. It came out last week. It's an essay collection. It's one of the best essay collections I've ever read. Oh, my God. I think she's fucking hilarious. She's brilliant. And she knows how to make you like laugh and cry mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, and I just admire that. I admire everything she does. Nice. What was the name again? Uh, we Are Never Meeting in Real Life. Okay. By Samantha Irby. Ooh. Ah, check it out. I know. All right. That's all we have. All right. um, where okay. can people find you and your work? Uh, my website, RoxanneGay.com. That's right. Roxanne. One N, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Get it right. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Also, follow Roxanne on Twitter for some of the most elegant clapbacks you have ever seen in your entire life. Roxanne, what's your Twitter handle for the folks? Uh, It's our gay. No lies being told here. (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much and congratulations again. Thank you, guys. It's so great to talk to you, Heaven and Tracy. You too. Come back and see us soon, please. I would love to. Yay, it's a date. And now, with no further achoo, <laughs> you see, <laughs> here's the episode, friends. <laughs> here's our conversation with Roxanne Gay, a delight. Our very first live show. Yes. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Hey everyone, so as you may know, we had our first ever live show on June 5th. At it, WNY- was lit. it was pop. It was fantastic. If we do say so ourselves. <laughs> so we hung out at WNYC's first ever women's podcast festival in the Jerome L. Green space in New York City. We had freaking balloons. <laughs> like the Robin Thicke balloons that spelled out another round. It yeah, so, so instead of being like, you know, Robin Thicke's shit. Yeah, we, <laughs> upgraded, shit. we upgraded Robin Thicke's balloons. That yes. Night. Anyways, this is the condensed version. You can watch the full two hours. Well, not full two hours. You can watch the hour-ish at buzzfeed.com slash another round where we've embedded the video. You get to watch us interview Roxanne Gay. Oh, I love her so much. Do some Drunken Debates. Every time I listen to Drunken Debates, I I thought I did better than I did. Mm. <laughs> so look forward to that. Yes. And everybody's <laughs> been saying that they want a longer show. This one is about an hour. Yeah. So you're welcome. Because we love y'all. All right, here's the show, y'all. Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Cheers everyone. I will dance as long as there's music on, I don't know. So we are very excited to be here. Um, Thank you so much to WNYC for hosting this women's podcasting conference. It means a lot to us, and we are like very appreciative of our space in the podcasting world. Yes. But obviously, we are here for women yes. in podcasting. <laughs> I mean, men. Also, we all know hello, men are trash. nice that you're here. However, <laughs> um, I wasn't gonna start out that hard, but shit, let's do it then. No, we should go ham already. Fix yourself, guys. <laughs> Uh, Tracy, you look so good. Oh my God, thank you. So, <laughs> Tracy's shirt says uppity on it. <laughs> I this feel is... like I feel like I should preface the show the same way Keegan Michael Key prefaced the White House Correspondents' Dinner. <laughs> Hold on to your lily white butts. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, I would also like to say, in reference to the shirt, um, I self-identify as an uppity Negro. <laughs> Which some of y'all cheering a little too loud. Who was that? Who was, okay, it's only right. she can say that. You're Nobody good. else. You're good. <laughs> um, but yes, do do not call me that. It's just a. It's a name. Anyway, <laughs> Heaven, how are you? How are you feeling? Good. Great too, by the um, way. Thank you. Just play. I was like, shit. Let me hit up H and M. I got Shout a show to, to do. <laughs> All right, we got a full show for you guys. <laughs> So on this show, we're gonna do a little bit of quiz time. Gonna redeem myself. Maybe. <laughs> Joke time with Tracy. Just a Literally all you're here for. And then we're gonna do some in- Roxanne Gay interviewing. Talk to Roxanne Gay, who's gonna be fucking amazing. Let's get started, y'all. A few weeks ago, I did a little thing called a Jason Bateman quiz, where... <laughs> Jason Bateman plays a lot of middle-aged white dudes. So I was like, wow, I bet I could name, <laughs> I could make up as many Jason Bateman names as he already has. Yes, yes. I'm gonna do that again, but for this crowd specifically. So this little quiz is, is this a white dude who works at public radio? <laughs> or just some syllables I mashed together. <laughs> Are you ready, Tracy? I am. So let me say that I failed miserably at the Jason Bateman quiz. You did okay. You did okay. Bless you. (laughs) Bless you. You do not have to be nice to me. I'm a big girl. But um, I don't know anybody in public radio, so I'm nervous. I I make all these quizzes knowing Tracy's weaknesses. (laughs) As a true friend does. So public radio white dude names. Are you ready for this quiz? Yes. 
Ahem. Which of these dudes is a real guy who works in public radio? Okay. One, Sepp Blatter. <laughs> guy Raz or Tobias Tarth? <laughs> Again, that's Sepp Blatter, Guy Raz, Tobias Tarth. Bladder like a bladder? B-L-A-T-T-E-R. Okay, not much better. Guy right. Raz, Tobias Tarth. I'm going to say that the actual white guy is the second the second one? Guy Raz. Guy, yes. That is correct, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. look at you, Tracy. No, I'm on a roll. Let's go. Number two. Right, All right. Next question. Xander Hagel. Jesus. Satirius Johnson, Octavius Edmund. Again, that's Xander Hegel, Satirius Johnson, Octavius Edmund. Satirius sounds like a black man. It does. <laughs> Satirius' his middle name is Tyrone. So <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, the Xander? Xander Hagel is incorrect. <laughs> Satirius Johnson is a real white man that works in public. You lie. <laughs> I'm going to need a Shout out to Satirius. Um, all right, Tracy. What? Let's see. Let's see how you do on the next one. Satirius, <laughs> really? We have Simon Scott. Scott Simon. <laughs> and Dickstein Shapiro. What? Let's talk about Dickstein. <laughs> Can you spell it? Can you give uh, me the origin? Can you use it in a sentence? S-T-E-I-N. I have no idea how to use it in a sentence. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Dickstein. <laughs> Dickstein time. All right, the real answer is Scott Simon Tracy. Damn it. Dickstein Shapiro is the name of the lobbying firm of the former House Speaker Dennis Hassert. <laughs> Who was recently indicted by a federal grand jury. Wow. wow. So it's not a real white guy's name, it's a combination of two white guys' names. <laughs> Trick question. For Trick question. Okay. Um, That's fair. But I saw that in the Washington Post. I was like, oh, I gotta put that in the quiz. Uh, <laughs> I still have time to come back though. You, got, you still got you I'm still time. in the game. I'm All still right. in the game. Let's go. Did that sound believable? Carl Castle. Okay. Kale Carmack. Kale like the food? Kale like the food or Calvin Cade. I had so much fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> so white people love kale, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel but like- they name their child kale. Yes. I'm gonna go with kale. I feel like somewhere somebody was like, one day it's gonna be a big thing, gonna be a big name. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy, kale. Tracy. God, Carl Castle. Tracy, get it together. All right, you have one last opportunity. <laughs> Greg Hackenhort. <laughs> Tanner Sherpenserp. <laughs> or David Folkenflick. <laughs> one more time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Greg Hackenhort. <laughs> Tanner Sherpenserp. David Folkenflick. Uh, okay, I feel very confident in this one. It's Greg whatever you said. <laughs> it is. Don't try to tell me. Tracy, it's you're wrong. 
it is David Folkenflick. <laughs> Tanner Sherpenserp is the best thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Jeez, Sherpenserp. Um, Tracy, you are, you put in a valiant effort. <laughs> I got one right though, right? You got one out of five. I think, ladies and gentlemen, Tracy put in a good effort. I'm pretty sad. Uh, I'm pretty broken up about this. I think we need to this. bring up the mood a little bit. Because I'm Because of that poor performance. <laughs> Just kidding, Tracy. In my face, though. Um, like, right in my face. So what time is it, Tracy? Well, according to my watch that I'm not wearing, <laughs> I think it's Tracy's joke time. Hey! All right, how's everybody doing tonight, huh? Good. Oh my Good. god. Everybody should never have given Tracy a separate situation. Too late. Too late. So, uh, there's this guy, right? Guy's name is Bob. Bob has a pig. Bob takes the pig to a veterinarian one day. Vet's name is Jerome. How about that? Who knew? But nobody was expecting that. Shout out to the that. Jerome Green Space. Yes. <laughs> so, the guy walks in with the pig, and the pig looks like it's sleeping, right? So, he puts it on the table. Bob's like, Doc, I don't know what's wrong with my pig. He's been asleep for a long time. He hasn't eaten in days. I don't know what's wrong with him. Help me out. And Jerome looks at the pig and he's like, oh, wow, sir, I'm, I'm sad to tell you, but your, your pig is no longer with us. He, he, he's dead. He's obviously dead. You said he hasn't moved in what? days. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just telling the story, man. Okay. Just telling the story. And so Bob's like, nah, nah, it's gotta be something else going on. Like maybe he's he's got the flu, swine flu, perhaps. <laughs> Get out, Tracy. <laughs> maybe cause swine flu was a real disease that was happening a while ago. Maybe it's the swine flu. <laughs> like I just can you can you just look and see? Try to help my pig. I love him very much. And so Jerome's like, all right, dude, hold on a second. Jerome leaves, he comes back in with a retriever, a Labrador retriever. And he walks around the, the pig, and you know, he kind of sniffs at it, and he kind of paws at it a little bit. Then he walks over to Jerome, he looks at him, and he barks twice, and he gives him a sad look, and he walks out of the room. And Jerome looks at Bob, and he says, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but your pig is, is dead. And Bob's like, nah, man, maybe there's like, he's like a narcoleptic. Or he's got like a, a parasite. I don't know. Something, something has to be going on. You gotta fix my pig. Jerome's like, all right, man, I'll be right back. Leaves the room. He leaves the room. He comes back in with a cat. <laughs> he comes back in with a cat. The cat does the same thing. In the, sorry. <laughs> does the same thing that the dog does and he just walks around on the pig and he's like pawing at it and he kind of sniffs it whatever and the cat walks over to the cat, the cat walks I can do it I can do it the cat walks over to Jerome he meows twice and he walks out of the room and Jerome's like listen I have other live customers patients to see your pig is dead there's nothing I can do finally Bob's like, all right, I guess I was just in denial. I didn't want to accept it. What do I owe you? I'm going to pay so I can go bury my pig. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is a dark-ass joke. <laughs> <laughs> Life is dark sometimes, Heaven. All right, don't do this. <laughs> so he's like, 
how much do I owe you? And Jerome says, oh, that'll be $800. Bob is like, what? You're going to charge me $800 to tell me that my pig is dead? What kind of operation is this? And then Jerome, <laughs> Jerome says, Then Jerome says, well, it would have been $40 without the lab report and the CAT scan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because the lab was the dog. We got it, Tracy. We got it, Tracy. You get it, Dad? We got it. We got it. It walks around. We got it, Tracy. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, Another are, joke? No. Uh, Tracy, no. <laughs> sorry. We are so unbelievably excited to have Roxanne Gay here with us. Um, As you already know, Roxanne is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Bad Feminist, the critically acclaimed novel, An Untamed State, a columnist at The Butter, which is the new vertical from The Toast. Get it, get it. <laughs> Um, you can basically find her writing the butter, the toast. They got it, Tracy. I get it. <laughs> you can basically find her writing where all good writing is found. She's seriously written for everyone. But in addition to her prolific uh, writing, you know her from her prolific Twitter account. <laughs> she, can, she can be found at Argay, where she live tweets her love for Ina Garden, uh, her love for Channing Tatum, and all collective things that we love. <laughs> Please join me in welcoming Roxanne Gay to the stage. Right now. for coming and hanging out. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you. Um, we have a <laughs> thousand questions to ask. Let's start. We're gonna we have to go one. back a bit. Oh, oh. Cat scan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because here's and the lab thing. lab report. So the, so the lab was uh, the dog. Don't do this, Tracy. Don't do this. walked around. Don't Girl, do I got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just need to know where you learned that. Um, you Did you I make have, it up yourself? I'm not that clever. Okay. I have my sources. <laughs> I have my sources. Good, don't claim that. Oh. I'm glad I didn't tell the other one. The other one would have made everybody very mad, so. All right. Well, well. differences aside, I think mm -hmm. we can still get through this. Um, so I feel like everybody in here knows all about you and what you do, but we like to start every interview by asking, what do you do and why? I am a connoisseur of Lifetime movies. Yes. yes. <laughs> now, what do I do? I write. And I write because, for me, writing is like breathing. It's kind of self-medication. So I, I write just because that's, I can't imagine doing anything else. And I have a lot of opinions. And apparently, I feel the need to express them constantly. <laughs> At least my dad says, you know, you have a lot of opinion, OK? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, you have a lot of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, as we were doing some background research, I didn't realize you went to Exeter and Yale. Do you feel like... <laughs> right? Uh, I try right? to keep it on hey. the down low. Front Street. This is Front Street. Thanks. Do you feel like going to like, uh, those sort of like, higher education institutions prepared you for being in academia? 
No. No, yes. Yes and no. Um, they prepared me for <laughs> dealing with white people. Mm. Speak on it. Being a church fan, I got you. AKA academia. Yes. Um, so, yeah, in that regard, absolutely. Mostly they prepared me to, to think for myself because uh, at elite institutions, there's oftentimes... A, a singular way they want you to think mm. and I refused <laughs> and so it worked out pretty well and it certainly prepared me for how I want to teach and how I don't want to teach mm. real <laughs> um, so you are sort of in a pretty rare position where you had two books come out in the same year uh, Time Magazine called 2014 the year of Roxanne Gay <laughs> um, which is dope yes. and you have another book coming out about food can you tell us a little bit about that book Yes, my next book is called Hunger. Yes. It's theoretically coming out in May or June 2016. Okay, theoretically. And so I'm writing about learning to cook late in life in part, but it's memoir about obesity and what it's like to have a morbidly obese body in this world um, culturally where such bodies are oftentimes treated in really degrading ways. And so what does it mean to move through the world when your body doesn't fit anywhere? And it's called Hunger. You were tweeting about how the oppressive thinness of New York City kind of had you on edge. Oh, God, yeah. Speak um, on it. <laughs> I I'm telling identify. you, these, these women wear their, like, 10-inch heels, and then they walk down the sidewalk like missiles. <laughs> just like, look, I am trying to stay out of your way, but I can't get myself, I can't, like, be part of the building. I, I can only walk close to it. Yes. Is there some place where you feel the most comfortable physically in yourself and your in your body like it feels like home and like normal and natural to you not really mm. but the midwest definitely it's easier shout out midwest. to the midwest <laughs> yes um <laughs> and you know you go to these cities and you realize wow people in the midwest are are healthy or yeah we're uh, stout <laughs> yes <laughs> sturdy folk <laughs> and then you come to the city and it's like Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, it, it is hard to feel like comfortable and like you belong when you like you go to every event and it's a bunch of like thin people wearing high, high heels and tight jeans. And it's like, just let your, your genitals breathe. Um, <laughs> those pants are too tight. What about the babies that might need to come out of there? I know, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and I see so many men in really tight, dark denim. And nah, no kids. For I just them. think None. you're not going to reproduce that way. <laughs> you have to free the testicles. Uh, so Hashtag I worry. free the testicles. Please do that now. <laughs> so you have a third book coming out, and well, a fourth book, sorry. And I was talking to a, a book agent friend of mine, and she was kind of suggesting she's that books, especially memoir essay style books from women, are like kind of having a moment. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, okay. let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> sorry. Let me stop the her, rolling of her my suggestion, eyes. <laughs> her suggestion was that. It's annoying that you have to kind of phrase it that way, but in, in real terms, people are actually more and more I interested in these kinds of books. Do you feel like, from your position, you see that in the publishing world, or are you not that hopeful? Hmm. Take your time, boy. Well, I already Take signed my contract, so I can say what I want. <laughs> yes. yes, bitch, yes! Um, Go off. <laughs> you know, I, I think that 
women are expected to bear their souls mm. and excavate their past and their present and their future. And that's what publishing is interested in, is sort of cannibalizing of the self, and that men aren't expected to do this, the same thing. So I don't think we're having a moment. I think that we're just recognizing what has long been true. But that said, that doesn't mean we don't have things worth telling and that are necessary to tell. Mm. And it's a question of how much agency you allow yourself to have when you are pulling from your life and writing memoir. So you know, are you suggesting women are asked to write memoirs more? Yes, mm. absolutely. Okay. I think women are inordinately asked to write memoir um, and not taken as seriously when we want to write uh, literary nonfiction, investigative nonfiction, fiction, or anything. It's like the only thing we're allowed to be authorities on is ourselves. Mm. Yes. Yes, y'all. Yes. As I said it, I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> I used to say I would never write memoir as a, a way of resisting that, but then it's like they win, like because I'm controlling what I'm going to do to make a point, and they're continuing to just be ignorant. And so I've tried to find a happy compromise by working with an editor who doesn't expect me to cannibalize, who's like mm. interested in what I actually have to say, how I choose to say it, and that has been wonderful. Has anything surprised you about the way your work is talked about or maybe even the way it's marketed? Um, marketed, no. The marketing has been, I feel, really good. I'm really happy with the marketing and I felt really involved in the entire process, which is rare, but I, I felt really lucky. The way my work is talked about is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Ooh, tell me more. Well, it depends. Like, there's one line, one line in the book and there's a group of women mostly who have picked up on this line and will not let it go. Um, and I wrote about how I'm not super well versed in feminist texts. So there's a group of people who feel like I shouldn't be able to talk about feminism Ooh, because girl. of that. But like, if you read the book, you'd realize that I, I quote many feminist texts in the book. So that was just like one line that people, I mean, they're like, you don't know anything about feminism. Like, okay, take yeah. this Judith Butler. <laughs> And shove it up your ass. <laughs> okay. So, on that note, your Twitter is amazing for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> but one of my favorite things to watch you do is to just, like, shut people down without a caps lock, without a cuss word, <laughs> without a, a your mama's a, a bitch or whatever. And I just think that... The classy clapback. The classy clapback, if you will. I will. I would I will. to. <laughs> I'm work like my version of the classy clapback is just being like you're not smart, and then like the conversation is over. But you just have like a finesse and a grace, and just like how do you not? How do you engage in these conversations because they can be physically and emotionally draining. They're extremely yeah, draining. and you do it a lot and well yes. and like with like calm and reason and uh, or do you go nuts? Fairness, I go nuts. And you don't mm. see it. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's a couple things. Like for a long time, I said nothing and I ignored the quote-unquote trolls. But I think you ignore and you ignore and they keep talking their shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm tired of just like letting you talk badly about me yes. and also incorrectly. Like mm. when they just get factual information wrong, I have to say something. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also try to approach it from just a really calm place of just, you're an idiot, but I'm going to tell you why in a really polite yes. way and then go with God. <laughs> uh, 
Yes. And I try not to curse too much because my dad secretly reads my Twitter feed. Ah, Hi, Dad. I think my mom reads mine too. Oh my god. Oh yeah, like She's last terrifying. night. My mom doesn't even know about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tell her guys. I don't I don't tell them much about my career, but they follow like stalkers. And so last night my mom called and said, What store told you to go find the lower priced items in the back? It was 20 minutes after I had tweeted. Aww. And she's like, your father told me. <laughs> yes, I know he told you because she doesn't, she respects my boundaries. <laughs> I'm sorry, these 69,000 people following me can know what's going on, right. Dad, not you. <laughs> um, so I keep them in mind also when I'm on Twitter talking to these people, like how would they want me to engage with this sort of negativity? And they've always been really good about standing up for themselves, but also taking, not the high road, but the strong road. And so that is also a great motivating, motivating factor when I talk to these people. How do you decide who to respond to and what conversations to engage in and which to ignore and even, Yeah, like even in your writing, not just on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like you are pretty topical. And that's pretty draining to respond to all the like racist shit, sexist shit, whatever. Like whatever happened that week to respond to it. Like how do you decide? It depends. On Twitter, it just depends on my mood. Oftentimes, I'm just irritated, and so that's a great way to get my irritation. I do the same. And I do it, and I do it until my best friend tells me to stop, one way or another. Like she's basically the boss of me, and so. Yes, I have a boss, and so <laughs> sometimes she'll just email me, stop, <laughs> or it'll be a text, or it'll be a tweet, and I'm like, oh, God damn it, but, but someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> um, I try to respond to the things that I feel moved to respond to, things that I, I feel I have something valuable to say. If I don't have something valuable, or if I don't feel like I have enough authority to do so, then I just pass it by. Like, um, I have a lot of opinions about Caitlyn Jenner coming out and um, the way she posed for Vanity Fair, and I know my lane. So I can have opinions and I can discuss them with my friends, but I'm not going to write an essay about it. I'm going to read. And I'm primarily going to read what other transgender people have to say about it. I really appreciated um, what Laverne Cox said. Um, last year, there was an interesting conversation. Uh, the Atlantic's ta Coates wrote about Melissa Harris-Perry being America's foremost public intellectual. When he wrote that, some people didn't respond well to White that. White people lost their shit. <laughs> they went uh, I think specifically bananas. Dylan Byers at Politico, the media reporter. I'm actually writing a story it. about that. Really? Ooh. It's so bizarre you bring this up. Well, I, I wanted to ask you if you consider yourself a public intellectual. Because you kind of sit at the sort of you're really involved in uh, media writing, but you're also an academic and you very purposefully and uh, pointedly say you want to like have your language be accessible and you're trying to blend high minded topics with sort of accessible language. Do you consider yourself a public intellectual? Not really, but I know other people do. And Mm -hmm. I realize that increasingly I'm seen that way, which I'm okay with. I just see myself as a writer. Well, what are you writing about it? I'm, I'm writing about the rise of the black public intellectual. Ooh! Yes! 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 You better put yourself in that history. Yes! Yes. Um, hopefully it's going to be a, a cover story. Ooh! For a magazine. Which one? Someone one in the one audience. One that used to have a lot of one? white writers. <laughs> That could be anything. So all of them. You're writing for all of them. 
Okay, um, so I think we don't have that much time, so I would like to switch gears a little bit. Wait, about, quick question. Oh, I heard sorry. rumor about a bad feminist TV show. Ooh, and you, ooh yes. Or that you are in talks with some TV people about something. TV things are are, are percolating. Please. Okay. Tease for, for the audience what the heck it's that means. For the thing I've learned about TV is that nothing is certain, but I'm working on three different show ideas, and um, I'm trying to Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. 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 As soon as anything becomes definite, trust. You, I'm not going to keep that shit to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, hey, haters. Yeah. Hi, haters. This is happening. I'm so excited because I have, like, the people that, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Just for me, but I'm also excited for, like, six-year-old me who got picked on a lot. Aw, so excited. Um, should you need any terrible actresses, I'm available. Um, As am I. Yes. All right. Okay, so I really would like to objectify men with you oh. for a little while. You do because... it so well. <laughs> and it doesn't happen enough, I don't think, you know? So we know about your love of Channing mm. Tatum, all the Magic Mike guys, but have you seen the black version of Magic Mike, Chocolate City? No. Mm. It came out May 22nd, y'all. This is a real movie. It's a real thing. They What's straight up made it? the, the it black came out on what? Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> In theaters. <laughs> Actual theaters, Chocolate City. But now that you know, are you interested in seeing? Of course. <laughs> Would you like to schedule a girls' night with lots of bourbon? Speaking of men, though. Yes. Speak of you. I, I need to go see San Andreas tomorrow. Um, that's just is something that has to happen. But have you seen The Rock lately? Oh! Uh, We're trying to have him on the show, yo. <laughs> Yes, you uh, need to bring him on, and I will fly here for that. When it happens. He's just so... Yes. Oh, uh, ever since he started being in Fast and Furious, the best show, the best movie ever, um, <laughs> he's just so thick in his thighs, and then... He's a everywhere. monster everywhere. of a man. I was talking about his neck guy. head yesterday. Like, the neck head, yes. Oh. yes. And his chest, and then he does that little... And the thing that gets me is you know he's a freak. You know he is. Oh, of course he's a freak. <laughs> I can't he comment Because he's so big. And you just, you know, he just takes a woman and, or a man and, like, spins them around. Right, like, and then, like, plops them on yeah. him. And then runs Sometimes, around the room. Yes. Oh. Sometimes you just need to be thrown around. I yes, have heard. I have people, heard from others. Because my mother is watching. I can't speak so. to that myself, but if he threw me up against this wall, he could have his way in front of everyone here. We might need a refill in a minute because so, the thirst just skyrocketed. So I'm just <laughs> the thirst just is saying. real. Well, you're welcome. Roxanne, you are Thank very you. good at flirting. Yes. Oh, we need lessons. And help. Me and Tracy desperately need lessons. <laughs> desperately. And as like a queer woman, do you have like different strategies for different types of folks? Because I definitely do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because men are basic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, with men, I have no game. With men, I'm just like, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> and that usually works, right? Yes. I mean, they yeah, don't need it. Men are basic. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, I find that men are generally easier, but with men, I never know when they're interested in me. I'm just mm. like, like you really have to spell it out, like, like mm. spell it literally. You have to put it on a sign and be like, hey. <laughs> and that's when I'll be like, oh, okay. Um, with women, I, women are complicated little creatures. 
Um, not true. to say that men are simple, but it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, with yeah, women, are. you have to you have are. some seduction game, and so I try to play the long game and just like years. Tell us about your long oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm like all about the romance and the little surprises and let's do some nice things and let's go walk through this park and oh yeah, it's good. The women in this audience are here for it. Uh, hey They're ladies. all shouting yes. <laughs> for those who cannot see what's happening, somebody just got the Holy Ghost. In yes. <laughs> yeah, so where's the arches? Get the arches out yeah. here. Uh, you read and write a lot of erotica. Jesus I didn't know Christ. until recently. I, we have to bring that up. No, you don't. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late now. <clears throat> I mean, I can only imagine that you're amazing at it because yes. in... I am amazing at it. Yes. 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 So I wanted to ask you a pretty simple question. What are your least favorite and most favorite words for a man's penis? <gasps> I can start off. My least favorite is member. Yeah. <laughs> Never here for it. Never. Member rod. Oh. Pole, piston. <laughs> Some of our balloons are just so, flying everywhere. For those, yep. for those who again cannot see what happened, we have some balloons that spell out another round, and the U could not take it. <laughs> the U was like, Nah, bruh, I'm out. I'm out. We done. So the U is gone. The U is gone. Um, I like cock. You like cock? I do. Ugh. I mean, tell you. the word, the word, the word, the word. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm here for cock. Ooh, let me cool myself down. Wait, wait, wait. I've never ever in my life heard black women say they are pro the word cock. Ever. I'm from Nebraska. That's true. I, I, granted, granted. What is your excuse? Because you're from the DMV, right? I don't really have an excuse. I just like cock. <laughs> Please like, tweet that with no context. Out, I have context no excuse. I just like cock. Just it starts that. out hard and it I ends up hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to like? Right. Wait, can I can I list an, an unfavorite of mine that's yes. horrible erotica? When they refer to it as his... Tracy also writes erotica. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Did I say that? Whoa. Tracy does not write erotica. Heather, my mama is watching. <laughs> Tracy does not write erotica. I don't even want to say what my, sorry, least favorite, my least favorite. Okay, okay. I tell you. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but wouldn't they just say like his sex? Like his sex is grabbing. Don't, yeah. don't do that. No. Just don't. I generally do stick to dick or cock in my writing. I mean, mm. it's, you're not there for the that. You're there for like how he uses it. Mm. Right. And so that's where I spend my creative okay. energy. What are some like erotica tropes you could like do without? Oh God, a woman is kidnapped. <laughs> oh Falls no. in love with her kidnapper. Uh-uh. Nah. No. Oh, I always hate unrealistic, like physically unrealistic sex scenes. Like to this day, I'll never forget. I read a submission once for an erotica anthology and uh, a man was on a, an escalator going up and he was fucking a woman on the step above him on the escalator. You are lying. Think about it. Can I read this? <laughs> and Where can I find this? Right. His, his dick would have had to been this long. <laughs> 
we were just shown the entire length of Roxanne Gay's arm, which, which sounds very uncomfortable. <laughs> it right, depends on how I use it. Girl, okay, guys. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> It's way too hot in here. We gotta wrap up, y'all. It's too hot. We are too parched. This could go on forever. This Jenna, our producer, is telling us to wrap it up. Oh my god. Oh my god. What did you say? I think it's time for a little thing we call drunken debates. So, Drunken Debates, if you don't know, this is a little game we like to play. Uh, we throw a bunch of random items into a bowl. This time we solicited answers from Twitter. So, these are all Twitter uh, suggested All Twitter items. suggestions. So, there's going to be two rounds, correct? Two there's rounds, be two, two minutes rounds, apiece. Two minutes each. Even though I invented the game, I have lost every round. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that I am the reigning champion of Drunken Debates. I wasn't even going to say that. But since you brought it up, I would like to point out that I am undefeated, Miss Gay. Roxanne. We are in. Would you like to be our official judge for this round of drunken debates? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So so each round, you choose the winner. mm -hmm. Two rounds, if we're tied, there'll be a tiebreaker. What if I already know the winner? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. No, No. you're fired. You gotta hear the debate. Would anyone else like to officiate? (laughs) What is this? This is a proper debate. I got it. Okay. You gotta hear both sides. Shout out to Jesus. Shout out to Jesus. <laughs> I was about to say. Yes. All right, Tracy. We're going through the ball, guys. All right, drum roll. Thanks. Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. What you got? I have the power of flight. Damn, that's a good one. What you got, Tracy? What is better than the power of flight? I'll tell you what's better. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> That's not what I got. <laughs> I got goddamn Sandra Lee's Kwanzaa cake. <laughs> you are kidding me right now. You are joking Woo! me. All right. I'm going to go back to Twitter. I'm going to find one. out who suggested All right. this. Ladies and gentlemen, can we get two minutes on the wait, clock? Wait, 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 wait. Is there anybody here who was not familiar with Sandra Lee's Kwanzaa cake? For the record, Sandra Lee's Kwanzaa cake. Uh, Sandra Lee is a person on the Food Channel. She's got a cooking show. She's got a White lady show. with a cooking show. And one day, she decided to make a Kwanzaa cake. Let me tell you what this woman did. That's it. That's the whole story. Um, she, so she took an angel food cake. Pre-made, didn't make it. Angel food, you know that bouncy shit. It's like nice and fluffy, very spongy. It actually feels really nice. Very spongy. It's great. She took it, wham, chops it in half, slices it in half. She has like some kind of cocoa, cinnamon, nutmeg frosting. Puts it in the middle, bam. Puts the top back on. She takes a can of apples, pours it in the middle of the hole. All right, cool, whatever. I can maybe still get with this. Stick some candles in it, red, black, and green, of course, because it's Kwanzaa. And then she sprinkles acorns. And pumpkin seeds. And pumpkin seeds. Yes. So just so y'all know what the fuck and this Kwanzaa like, cake is. And then she was like, I need to taste this. All right, Girl. Tracy. Okay, so Let's... I am arguing for Sandra Lee's Kwanzaa cake. We have you know, two minutes whatever. on I'm the not, clock, y'all. I'm not scared. I ain't scared. Do you, wanna, do you wanna start, Tracy? No, no, you can go. You can start. You can start. All right. Let's start the clock, y'all. 
So the power of flight, let me tell you about the power of flight. If I ever wanted a superpower, I would just appear in different locations. That's all I want to do. The power of flight is like the one thing no regular human can do that I would want to do that is like great for literally any situation. <laughs> You're trying to get out of something. You're like, oh, sorry, I'm already in Brooklyn. <laughs> you're trying to get into something. You're like, oh, shit, my friend's party's Manhattan. I'm going to go. <laughs> Solves all your location problems. And then it's great for uh, hookups. You would just be like, fly over. Scandalous. <laughs> Heathen. Heathen is great for work where you're like, I'm not, I'm like, I want to go from work to home directly, which I think about all the time. Where's our Harry Potter technology where we can apparate somewhere? I'm waiting. But for now, I'll take the power of flight. All right, cool, you can fly, big deal. And this is, we don't Thank you. We don't, Thank you. we don't need any of this. So, you can fly, I guess that's cool. Let me tell you about Sanjali's great cake. <laughs> Me, Tracy. This cake has everything you need for your Kwanzaa celebration, right? It's got the the motherfucking um, it got the the candles, cause you notice that day it's like um, Umoja probably. It's got well, you gotta light the candles. Look at you on know the Kwanzaa days. Look at me on you know the Kwanzaa days. You gotta light your candles. You're with your family and y'all just like black and beautiful and shining in the candlelight, and you like. You look at your loved one, right? Listen, I like, love Kwanzaa. I never want to share acorns and sunflower seeds with my family. I don't remember cutting you off. What? <laughs> hey, whoa, no! Ah! Time's up, bitches. Your, your verdict. Oh, girl. So. <laughs> oh, that's hard. That's right. that's no, heaven. I mean... Is this the 2004 film featuring several members of B2K? Because you just got served. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, that's fair. Who puts acorns I'm not going to lie, I was that's kind of right. set up I just one. learned about that cake a couple months ago, and uh, there's a YouTube video where she makes the cake. It. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my I'm life. Y'all gotta look at this her video. Heart. This cake looks in interesting. And she meant it, and the candles are generous. huge. They're like... The candles are like this big. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even little birthday candles. These are big-ass candelabra candles, okay? <laughs> I'm going to find who suggested the damn Kwanzaa cake. Fizz, I'm going to go find All right, them. I... The power of invisibility. Why are you getting all the superpowers? Yes, bitch. High-heeled shoes. Let's go. <laughs> so you went, you went first last round, right? Fair All right, fair. two minutes on the clock. Let go, let go. Bitch, listen. You're feeling I'm down listening. about yourself. You're feeling away. Whatever. I have many days where I'm, I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, you know what? I just feel like real dowdy, whatever. Like my hair is ashy. My belly's like hanging over my whatever. You know what I do? Get in my closet, get out them pumps, put them on, just strut around my house. Just strut. <laughs> There's something about the way a high-heeled shoe, like, it distributes all, like, your womanly parts, and, like, you walking and stuff's going this way and that way. Bam, 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 bam. Instant mood boost. Let me tell you something else. Your man, your woman, your lady, if you watch porn, chances are you're really into high-heeled shoes. 
You know those shoes that you buy, they're mad uncomfortable, make no logical sense, whatever. You can't walk in them, but that's fine, because walking is not what you bought them for. <laughs> All right. Listen. Listen, okay, Listen. I hear you, I hear you. Uh-huh. But... Listen, I know I'm wearing heels right now. Oh, interesting to note. Interesting. I already Glad regret you pointed that out. That <laughs> but, I mean, for the most part, most women don't want to wear heels because it's mad uncomfortable. Literally no one has somehow managed to, like, capture, a, like, a comfortable heel situation. They're all mad Untrue. uncomfortable. Untrue. This is not true. Untrue. Uh, let me finish. Oh, but you remember when you cut me off with that smack? You can go ahead. <laughs> So 33 seconds, only, I'm giving you 10 before I get in it. So not only are they mad uncomfortable, you have to like trip over yourself to like exist in them. Let me talk to you about the power of being invisible. <laughs> Let me tell you about all the conversations you can overhear, seconds, I'm not... all the business plans you can overhear, all the friendship plans you can overhear. Not what as fun as high heel shoes. There are women who enjoy them, who can walk in them. If you can't walk in them, you don't have to walk in them. Try it out. Much better than the power of me if What? Then the power of invisibility. All right, Roxanne, we're gonna need you to put down a verdict. Mm. Well, I appreciate the look of a woman in a good heel. Girl. Yeah. That's incontrovertible. So Girl. Tracy wins this one. Girl! All right, time for the time breaker. breaker. <laughs> All right, I have diva cups. Yeah. Oh. How many women here know? use diva cups? Good question. Uh, like maybe five, maybe so two. So for those who don't About know, a diva two. cup is like a alternative oh, version of a tampon or pad. But it's it's like a, cup. a cup. It's a cup that you insert inside yourself. To and that you have to take stuff. out in public. To... Roxanne, why are you Once undermining day? me? Not the way I bleed. <laughs> okay, I have I toddlers. <laughs> All right, two minutes on the clock. Two I'm about minutes. to go. All right, All right go let ahead. me talk to you about diva cups. Listen. <laughs> It is so kind of annoying and underwhelming how much women are like afraid to even buy tampons and pads in like a fucking regular ass grocery store. I ain't scared to buy shit. I'm a <laughs> Can I live, I Tracy? Taxes. I'm an adult. But the diva thing, the diva cup, you only need to buy it like not as often as a fucking tampon or pad. It costs way less money. It's super environmentally friendly. And like, I know like white feminists have like put a monopoly on like being in tune with your period. I feel like you just lost. <laughs> I, feel like but, I feel like you're done. Like they should not have a monopoly on that shit. It's like, this is our body. You're like gonna be comfortable with like being like, oh, I can take out a diva cup and like live oh, my I life. Oh, I can reach inside of myself in a public place. In a bathroom. Probably have to squat. You know how small bathroom stalls are? They're tiny. I have a friend who said to me, and I quote, I tried the diva cup and I had to give birth to that bitch in the bathroom. <laughs> and like, it clamps, it sucked onto her cervix. Listen, I need my cervix for that. It's reusable if you can 
get it out. If you got to go to the doctor every time to get it out, that costs a lot of money. Let me tell you about toddlers. Toddlers are adorable. Toddlers are precious. Toddlers you are hate children. I love children. How can you say that? <laughs> I love children. I want a thousand children myself, but I just don't want to have them myself. Different story. Anyway, toddlers are just so young and pure and adorable. They're unmarred by the the awful shit in the world. A toddler looks at you I and they're just this like argument. Oh, but you drew diva cups. So. <laughs> Diva cups are mad inconvenient. You have to wash it out. You have to boil them. Oh my God. All right, all right. Verdict is a tiebreaker. Wasn't even close. I know. Really Tracy, wasn't. you won. I know. The winner and champion of the Morgan Debate. I invented this game and I stole <laughs> You were a formidable opponent, though. That's not helpful. I'm trying. I care about you, so I wanted to make you feel better. Doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we get to buy a round. I'm so excited. All right, y'all. Is, it, is that what it's So like? if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know this is where we buy a round for someone, something, some noun, some whatever. Some um, Tracy, would you like to take it away? Hell yeah. So I am buying a round for hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hear me out, hear me out. Specifically, female hyenas, okay? I believe, if you follow me on Twitter, then you already know this rant, because I went on it a while ago. But I believe that hyenas get a bad rap because of The Lion King. Wait. They were assholes in that movie. They was, they was trying to kill Simba, baby Simba. It's true, fucked up. True, true. And they were all just like, you know, under scars control, they couldn't think for themselves, you know, whatever, and they were just like, Whatever, okay? Hyenas, not that you wouldn't want a pet hyena. They're very vicious. <laughs> you know, whatever. I think The Lion King is the first movie I ever saw in America. Really? Yeah. What did you think of hyenas after you saw them? He was like, I ain't fucking well, with Well, I was like, oh, they all sound like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> if hyenas sounded like Whoopi Goldberg, that would be yeah. mad cool. So why are you trying to buy a round for them? I'm buying rounds for hyenas because they live in a matriarchal society. I did not know that. Let me tell you about hyenas, son. Let All me right, tell you about hyenas. hyenas so, the women, the women, the females, the women, whatever, they're larger than the males are. Typically doesn't happen in any species. Mm -hmm. The female, they, they run shit. They run shit. Hyenas have developed what is called a pseudo penis. Go on. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's basically like an, an elongated clit, right? Um, and this is due to high levels of testosterone. I, I really like animals, okay? <laughs> I like animals a lot. I read up on hyenas. But there's, they have such high levels of testosterone that they basically like, they have like a fake penis, right? And the men, when it comes time to mate, they, they have to submit to them like instantly. Even if there's a male that's bigger than the female, they submit. Doesn't Ooh, matter. Right? Aren't you all the way in already? Already. Listen. <laughs> so the anatomy of the female hyena's genitalia is such that they're basically rape-proof, right? So like, uh, uh, there are animals, I know, I'm sorry, just hang in there with me. There are some animals like ducks. Uh -huh. Ducks are heartless rapists. <laughs> they are, ducks, dolphins, rape is rampant in the animal kingdom. Not in hyenas though. Here's 
asked why. Because they also have pseudo scrotums, pseudo testes that like they have to get in a certain position for, for the male to copulate with them. Listen, if that is not consent, I don't know what is. She has to be like, okay, I approve of you physically, fine. I approve of like your submission, fine. I have to do who, I don't know what position they have to get in for this to happen, but they have to make an effort for any copulation to happen. Otherwise, then I mean, they, oh, also, also, if the sex is whack, they attack them. <laughs> so they have, they have all the sexual power. Okay. And so like their entire society is based on the women, what the women want, how they want to get down, that's it. That was a journey, Tracy. <laughs> around for um, hyenas. Roxanne, would you like to buy around? Hyenas. Sure. Okay. Oh, uh, well, can't beat the hyena. <laughs> can't beat a hyena. But I'm going to buy around for my husband. Ooh. Which, which one? Channing Tatum. Woo! <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, he's just so great from... She's the man all the way to today. That's love. If you can Yo, love that man, she's the man. She's the man is a classic. Yeah, and like in the preview of the trailer for Magic Mike XXL, when he's like holding the steel rod and sparks are ejaculating from it because he's making furniture because that's his true dream. Um, Wait, is this the actual plot of Magic? I haven't seen it. Is well, it's the actual... basically the. There's no plot in Magic Mike. The plot is that men take off their clothes. <laughs> okay. And so everything else I'm back is just. In now. I'm back well, in. Yeah, everything else is just time until men take off their clothes. But Channing is just so happy all the time, and he has a neck. Oh, it's just like. <laughs> I just want to sink my teeth into it, and then he sends emails with a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> as the Sony leak taught us. Oh. And I love that you appreciate a man's punctuation. Yes. I, ooh, I appreciate a lot about him. Uh, and his thighs and his abdomen and his, his just face. He's just like a blank slate and we just project our desire onto him. And he amplifies it with his greatness. Ooh. I feel like you're writing erotica right now. I know. I love him so much. <laughs> it's like really actually weird how much I love chatting. And I'm really lucky that I'm supported in this. Thank you. Always. Always and forever. Good job. All right, Hev, who you got? Okay, so I'm going to buy a round for myself. Yeah. And for Tracy. So Tracy does this thing on Twitter called. Oh yeah, I'll commotion over here. <laughs> Tracy does this thing on Twitter called Just One Thing, and it's like her little hashtag. And I feel like for the longest time, my Just One Thing was call a psychiatrist, but I couldn't call a psychiatrist without calling a therapist because most people are like, you have to have the therapy to do the drugs but I was like no I need the drugs to do the therapy <laughs> it was like a long journey and I'm just so I'm trying to do this like crying heaven oh my god I'm proud of myself I'm going to cry I'm gonna god. cry I can't look no don't cry <laughs> don't cry with the, nobody all right, no. all right, all right. okay it's fine it's fine Honestly, this event couldn't have come at a worse time for me personally. <laughs> but I still did it anyway. Yes. I'm so proud of my Warrior. Life. Hell yeah, Heaven. Yes. 
I'm proud of you too. Like every day, Tracy's like, everything's gonna be okay. Aww. And it genuinely <laughs> makes me feel better. Yes. Not only are you here, you are flawless, you are slaying, you are listen, listen. Hell yeah. Alright, for real, I'm not crying. No, no. you're crying. It's just allergies, girl. My allergies is actually that too. <laughs> no, but for real, for real. Self-care is not just like a thing we talk about. It's like a real thing in our lives. We check in every day. How every are you day. Feeling, what do you need? But yeah, a round of drinks on me on WNYC. <laughs> <laughs> and for all of y'all. Yeah, like I really appreciate Okay. <laughs> All right, now that I have the tears wiped away from my face. <laughs> we did it, right? Are Yo, we, we did it! We would like to give so many shout outs. A special shout out for WNYC and the Women's Podcast Thank Festival. You. How to be a grown ass podcaster. Thank we really wanted to give you guys a sense of like the process the and like how we actually do the show. So, like, the whole yes. point for us is like we want more women to be podcasters. Yes. So like, I just want you guys yeah. to hear how that we do it. have this thing. Men have enough um, shit. Yeah. Special shout out this. to Jen Poyant and Caitlin Thompson at WNYC. Great Conflict. job. Great job. <laughs> we really want to give a, a special shout out to the staff at the, the Green Space, including Jennifer. The Sen Jerome L. Green Space. Jerome L. Green Space. So earlier, the lab report was because the dog was a lab. <laughs> Lab um, so yeah, you'll get it later. Everyone involved in Jerome L. Greenspace and Jennifer Sandro and Ricardo Fernandez. Yes. Shout out to Kapali for providing chocolate. Chocolate? I didn't even get any. Was the chocolate good, y'all? Should I like the chocolate? Like we were like, oh uh, yeah, we'd love to have chocolate at our. Who would event. say no to free chocolate? <laughs> Um, a special like big it. shout out like to the Pod Squad. I said, Pod, listen, listen, I'm sorry. And the Pod Squad, by the way, is our production team: Jenna Weiss Berman, Julia Furlan, <laughs> Eleanor Kagan. Um, you know how in like high school and college they made you do all these fucking group events or like group projects, and you're like, fuck this shit. I did all Nobody's this shit on my Nobody's gonna work. Own. It's gonna be all on me. But this is like a rare moment where like a group project is actually making the whole entire project better. So you Basically, should never, if they did not exist, none of us would be You should never time. think of another round as just me and Tracy. Ever. You absolutely have to think about Ever. it as Jenna Weiss-Berman, Julia Furlan, and Eleanor Kagan. If it was just no us. Way. <laughs> no way. We would not way. sound the same at all. No. Absolutely not. Squad is real, y'all. We'd like to give a special shout out to Chris Ritter at uh, BuzzFeed for doing all of for our graphics. graphics. She makes yeah. us look this is mad professional. Yes. And we'd love to uh, shout out Jean Grey and Donwell for all the music. For the custom music, the music that was created just for us. Yes, Jean Grey, absolutely. And uh, shout out to the Tracy. Oh, also shout out to <laughs> The Heaven. For being a great co-host. Oh, girl. Yes, also, thank you to Roxanne. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm sure you had a thousand other places that would have given you anything to show up. Yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yay. Woo. Ow, ow. Ow, ow.
the word, but it's the word. Shut up, Tracy. Born. Know you was when that digital popped, I stopped the world. Male or female, it make no difference, I stopped the world. World, stop. Carry on. <laughs>